will welcome today, church family, to worship. It's so good um, to be connected and to, uh, to gather in this way uh, for the third Sunday of Easter. The, the lectionary gospel text takes us to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 24. And I invite you to turn uh, with me in your Bibles uh, to that passage or point your devices uh, in that direction. Uh, but as you do, I have a confession to make. I offer a little confessional um, this evening as I record this message. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of doing church online. I'm, I'm tired of not seeing people uh, the way that we're used to and the way that we uh, have grown accustomed to it. I'm tired of there not being school for my kids and tired of, of no no gatherings. Um, it's just been hard uh, through these changes to adapt and to uh, make it through. And I think there was a, an initial push of adrenaline to kind of get through it, um, but that certainly has, has worn off. Um, but our text for today, I, I, to me, is just perfect. It, it speaks right to where we're at. It represents a couple of folks who also, I think, were, were just drained. We're tired too, and so I'm excited to look into the text with you uh, this morning. So today we turn to the book of Luke, chapter 24. Uh, I'll be reading from verse 13 through 35 out of the Common English Bible this morning. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were still discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped, their faces downcast. The one named Cleopas replied, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place there over the last few days. He said to them, what things? They said to him, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. All those things happened three days ago, but there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us saying that he had even seen, they came to us saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who told them he is alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women said. They didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, your, your dull minds keep you from believing all that the prophets had talked about. Wasn't it necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going on ahead, but they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. After he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, 
blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures for us? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying to each other, the Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples described what had happened along the road and how Jesus had made known to them, sorry, and how Jesus was made known to them as he broke the bread. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Sometimes you just have to get out of town. <laughs> have you felt this? Does anyone, does anyone have cabin fever? Uh, from time to time, especially in, in these days. Kids, get in the car. We're leaving. Where are we going? They cry. We don't know, but we have to go somewhere. <laughs> There's been times I've gotten in the car with the kids, literally not sure of where the car was going to go, but we figured it out as we, as we left. Um, last Friday was one of, one of those trips for us. We took off to Twin Falls and went to to Shoshone Falls there uh, in Twin uh, and got to check it out. And so uh, I had never been there. And so it was fun to, to, uh, to, to be able to, to do that. I think Lynn posted on Facebook and, and several of you commented that you saw that we got to do that. So I know you're watching me. I, I know that you are, which is, which is great. Looking out for us. But as we look at this text, we're, we're still on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, that's part of why we have seven, seven weeks of Easter, seven Sundays of Easter. But as we, as we read the text, uh, there are two things that help us place ourselves, I think, in this story. Uh, two two uh, uh, styles that the writer uses to help us place ourselves there. The first is there's an unnamed disciple. We get the name of one of the two people walking along the road to Emmaus, Cleopas but we don't get the, the second person's name. And it's almost as if the name is, is left out so we can insert our name in that place. I, I read one commentator named Pater who wrote, this invites us to place ourselves in that story, to, to fill that role, to, to visualize our, ourselves walking from Jerusalem uh, to Emmaus that day with Cleopas the other disciple of Christ. The second is that the, the reason for the disciples, the followers of, of Christ not recognizing who Jesus was is not given. It's kept a mystery. Uh, it, it, it stays undefined. And gospel or, or commentators and, and biblical scholars have theorized and made hypotheses about why that might be, was that their grief that prevented them. And through their tears, did they not realize that it was Jesus with them? Was, did God prevent it somehow? Was there some sort of intervention on God's behalf that, that kept them from recognizing? Were they just peripheral followers of Christ? Maybe they weren't, uh, they certainly weren't listed as any of the 12 disciples. And so maybe they had always been kind of on the periphery of the the followers of Jesus, and they never got a good look of Jesus. Did disappointment cloud their vision? This whole sense of the hope is lost, and there was no fulfillment 
in the story of the Messiah. He wasn't who he said he was, or at least he didn't accomplish what we expected. And we are left to ask the same questions of us. Uh, how, do, how do our circumstances, how do what we're going through prevent us from seeing Christ in our midst, prevent us from seeing how Jesus is walking the road with us? I want to invite you today to put yourself into that story. Become Cleopas's companion. Experience the power of this story, the power of this narrative. Uh, I'm just like Cleopas. I'm just like uh, the other, other disciple, the other Christ follower who, when asked, well, what's going on? <laughs> There's times Jesus asks, what's going on? And I have a list. Well, this happened and this happened. And how could you not know this, God? You know, like A, B, and C. Uh, we line it all out. Are any of you like me? <laughs> Sometimes you tend to be able to, to see things as they happen and focus on the details. And yet, it's a little harder to see the big picture, to draw up out of the details, to, to draw up out of our circumstances and understand and realize what's really happening in the big picture. Cleopas isn't wrong. He, he tells no lie. He doesn't, he doesn't err in his recounting of the stories of Jerusalem that week. But he simply misses the bigger picture. Sometimes I find myself recounting the events in my prayers, the events of life, uh, the events of my past to God. Which is, which is kind, of, kind of humorous, kind of comical, isn't it? Of course, of course God knows. But, but Cleopas does it in this passage. He, he goes through what's, what's happened and what's gone on. He says, all these, Jesus of Nazareth had become powerful uh, and influential maybe with the people because of his works and because of, of how he taught what he did for people. They saw him as a prophet, and yet the, the chief priests, the leaders, handed him over to be crucified by the Roman government. And yet, even through the grief of that, that was three days ago, and yet even now we have reports, these rumors swirling that, that maybe he's alive, and yet that can't really be corroborated. We don't really know what that's about. Right? Do you do this in prayer? You, you kind of recount the day. You, you kind of tell about your highs, tell about your lows. And I think God loves it. I, I think like, a, like an eager parent wanting to hear the, the ins and outs of a, of a child's day that, uh, that God appreciates and is ready to hear from his children what's going on and the circumstances and that it's okay to recount those things. Cleopas certainly wasn't wrong. But then Jesus begins to teach. Then Jesus <laughs> begins to teach these two disciples how cool would it be to be there, right? This is the line from the Common English Bible. Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all of the prophets. Jesus teaching about himself. Jesus teaching, can you, can you imagine? Jesus is your Sunday school teacher. He's going to teach you about the Old Testament. 
going to teach you, have, have a little Bible study uh, through the Old Testament. It's like the Old Testament lesson of a lifetime, right? <laughs> Just survey of the Old Testament would be so cool. And to conclude this brief story about the two that, that, were, that were fed up, let, let's, talk about, let's talk about the state that we're in. We're leaving Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been, been buzzing that weekend, buzzing all that week about the Passover celebration. And yet ended with such tremendous disappointment. It says their faces were downcast. And you get the sense that they were just, they were fed up. They were done with Jerusalem. They were, they were walking away. They weren't sure about these women's reports. It, it left them unconvinced. They were skeptical. They were cynical. They weren't sure that they could count on those testimonies. But there was something about how this mystery companion taught the scriptures and spoke about the prophets. It caught them up. It captured their attention, caught up in, in their own imagination of, of what could be and, and a new understanding of all that was written in, in the previous scriptures as Jesus taught about himself. And they invited him in. They had the privilege of physically inviting Jesus in for a meal there's a lesson for us today in 2020 in the days of COVID-19 in our journeys and in our disappointments, in our, in our isolation. How do we have open hearts? How do we have open minds? How do we have open spirits for the others around us? Clearly, it's not just observe and repeat. Clearly, it's not do like Cleopas does. I'm, I'm certainly not advocating to invite the stranger in for dinner. <laughs> Have them seated around your table. Uh, that's, not, that's not what we're, we're called to do, I don't believe, in, this, in these times. But these Christ followers, spurred by something, even as they were walking away from Jerusalem, had the sense, had the presence of spirit to invite Jesus in for a meal. And the most beautiful thing happened. The most beautiful thing happened. The guest of this meal became for those who had gathered the host of the meal. He broke bread. He says he, he, he blessed the bread. He broke it and offered it to them, offered it to each of them. And their eyes were opened. And their eyes were open, just like, just like Saul would later on. The, the scales would fall from his eyes and his, eyes would, his eyesight would be restored. For these two disciples, they, they suddenly understood and they sun, suddenly understand, un, understood and could understand where Jesus was coming from. And it changed them. And as soon as that happened, he's gone, right? He disappears. <laughs> did you? And I can just, I can hear the banter between them. Did you, did you realize who it was? Did you know it was him? Like, like him, him. <laughs> like the, the capital H him and, and the other companions. I thought it was. I, I didn't want to say anything because I, I wasn't sure. But don't you remember when he was talking about Isaiah and the suffering servant? Don't you remember this? How he talked about Moses, how he talked about the prophets. What an amazing 
revelation that would be. <laughs> what does it say they did? They, they went back to Jerusalem, hope restored, faith restored, understanding that, that it was true. They had seen, they had heard, they had encountered, and they ran back to the group in Jerusalem. The, the women were right. The, the women were right all along. He is alive. He is alive. I wanted to read this piece about the Emmaus Road Travelers. For me, it really, it really helps me to, to place myself in the midst of this story of the two that, that were headed to Emmaus. And so I'm just going to read, read this, uh, this piece for you, this essay. I walked away from my faith today. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the whole charade. People say they love and can't see past a political party or a different point of view. People, people say they believe the Bible and then let gossip drip like poison from their lips to anyone who will hear. People say they wish to participate in the body of Christ and they guard their heart and avoid vulnerability like the plague and vilify anyone brave enough to share their heart. Unless, of course, that person thinks just like them. People say they love their neighbor and then treat her uh, uh, like she's a commodity to be used, uh, uh, an asset to be leveraged, a relationship that they can take advantage of. So I left. I couldn't stand it. I, I had to get out. I, I just wish I had a companion like Cleopas did. I get where he, he was mentally and emotionally. He and his unnamed friend, they were done. He was done. Jesus was dead. It was over. Hope was gone. Defeat had come. There was nothing left to do but to walk away. They, they, they had hovered near the trial that was not much of a trial. They had seen the darkness fall and heard the descriptions. Even the swirl of rumors that cropped up that day could not hold them in Jerusalem. They had to get out. Had to get out of Jerusalem, out of the area. Out. But then there was this man who joined them. How he was clueless did not much matter to them, but just gave them another chance to recount the horror of the weekend and the disbelief that still hovered in their spirits and haunted their minds. As they walked along, they stopped their lament long enough to hear the story of grace and the perspective of the scriptures from a whole new view. This Messiah, for which our nation had hoped for so long, was not a shortcut to glory and power, but was to bring about the kingdom of God through suffering and sacrifice. Oppression and suffering was no longer the ultimate evil that had to be avoided at all costs, but became a part of what it meant and continues to mean to be part of the kingdom people who would follow after Jesus and be called his. The choice to invite him to dinner was not difficult, but natural. The one who knew so little about the events that had transpired in Jerusalem had proven to know so much about their hearts and their faith and the Hebrew scriptures. They needed this food that he had to offer and wanted to hear more from this newfound friend. Yet as he divided the loaf and placed it in front of them, 
they realized that they were no longer the hosts of this meal, but had become the guests, the guests of Jesus himself. Like I said, I left the faith today, but on my way out of Jerusalem, this familiar stranger's voice began to speak to me and shed light on the beautiful path and journey of the gospel. And I became a guest of Jesus himself, dining at a table set by him. And it became time to repent and relent and reconcile and restore relationship where I had broken it. When you find yourself walking out of your Jerusalem, walking out because you're tired and you just don't know. Watch and listen. You might just hear someone you have never met several times before. May we be ready to hear the unexpected and unrecognized voice of Jesus even as we walk out of our Jerusalems. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for this story. Thank you for this account of these two that had been through so much. Didn't understand what all had transpired. And yet we're sensitive enough at the end of the day to invite Jesus in and find that their guest became the host. That Jesus had served them not only the bread of the meal, but the bread of life, the understanding of the gospel. I pray in our moments of discouragement, our, our moments of fatigue, our moments of the dark night of the soul, that we would be sensitive enough to invite you into those places and hear the story that you offer Hear the perspective that you offer to, to borrow from you the faith that we need for the day to make it through. Lord, I'm so thankful for how you're with us and how you walk with us. I pray for our church family this morning. I pray that you would be very close to each one. Would you touch them and meet them at their point of need? Would you know, would you speak to their hearts today that they are not alone, that we walk together that they have community. It's, it's a new sense of community, a new outlet of community, a new way of expressing community. And yet we are here for each other, for that's what the body of Christ does. And thank you for Cleopas and his friend. May we learn the lesson of inviting you in, even as a stranger, only to find your familiar voice revealed. For you were with us all along the journey. We love you. Would you be with us this week, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ.